0: Let us pray. Almighty God, graciously behold this your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men to suffer death upon the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Good Friday is from Isaiah chapters 52 and 53. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind, so shall he sprinkle many nations kings shall shut their mouths because of him for that which has not been told them they see and that which they have not heard they understand who has believed what they heard from us and to whom has the arm of the lord been revealed for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Merciful and everlasting God, You did not spare your only Son, but delivered him up for us all, to bear our sins on the cross. Grant that our hearts may be so fixed with steadfast faith in him that we fear not the power of sin, death, and the devil. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The epistle is from Hebrews chapters 4 and 5. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you willed that your Son should bear for us the pains of the cross and so remove from us the power of the adversary. Help us so to remember and give thanks for our Lord's passion that we may receive forgiveness of sin and redemption from everlasting death. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers, standing by, struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. from then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, "Away with him, away with him, crucify him." Pilate said to them, "Shall I crucify your king?" The chief priests answered, "We have no king but Caesar." So he delivered them, delivered him over to them to be crucified. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, The King of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, And at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For a long time, the church has had the tradition of going silent during the Triduum. The Triduum is the three day festival marking the time of Jesus' passion. It begins on Maundy Thursday with a celebration of the Lord's Supper on the night in which Jesus was betrayed. That would have been last night. The three days then continue through Good Friday and most of Saturday, up to the great vigil of Easter, which was a service of watching and waiting for the sunrise of the resurrection. During the Easter vigil, at long last, the silence is broken, with the gloria and the alleluias from which we have been fasting since Ash Wednesday. The church goes silent during the Triduum to watch and to pray. In many places, that silence looks like this. All the bells would be rung before a morning service on Maundy Thursday. And then there would be no bells, no organ for three days. All singing would be a cappella and in contemplating the passion of Jesus, the church would repent, enacting the prophecy of Jeremiah, I will silence in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. I will silence the voice of gladness. These days of the Triduum have been called the still days. Days of stillness and silence as we watch and wait. And like the citizens of Nineveh, at the voice of the prophet Jonah, the church puts on sackcloth and fasts. The altar is stripped bare of its adornment, the pyramids and the colors are removed, crosses are covered, and folks enter and leave the sanctuary in silence. Who knows? The people of Nineveh said, Who knows whether God may turn and relent from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. This year, the stillness of the Triduum has taken on new dimensions. This year in which there is a silence that will continue, even through Easter, as we wait for the day when we can return to church as a congregation. It is fitting for us in these still days to consider God's judgment, to notice carefully this glimpse of what our lives would look like were God to take away his word altogether. It is fitting for us to repent, to turn from our neglect of God's word, to turn from our devotion to the fleeting, idolatrous things of this world, to turn towards God, in sackcloth and ashes, waiting and watching in stillness for God to answer our plea for mercy. But today's waiting and watching and repentance is unique, different from that of the people of Nineveh at the time of Jonah. Today we tremble, but not because we fear that God may rain sulfur and fire on us, as he did at Sodom and Gomorrah. We tremble, but not like the people of Israel, who stood far off and asked Moses to speak on God's behalf, lest God speak to them and they die. We tremble. Today we tremble because God has drawn so near to us as to drink our cup of judgment for us. He's drawn so near to us, not relenting from his fierce anger, but receiving the wages of sin himself. He's drawn so near to us and would have us make no mistake, even delivering to us sinful men, his very body and blood. We tremble and repent and watch and pray because everything depends on these still days. Everything, literally everything, depends on Jesus doing the will of his heavenly Father, suffering patiently and sinlessly, drinking the cup that was set before him, going silently like a lamb to slaughter, silently to the cross, and breathing his last. Everything depends on that. And everything depends on his Father, Raising him from the dead. We tremble and repent because finally, Jesus has given us no other way to live. We have no other way to live than through death and burial with him. We have no other way to live than in our constant vigil for resurrection. Our watching and waiting will not be disappointed. For even as Jesus did everything that his Father commanded him, so also he will do for you every last thing that he has promised. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Christian Church, that our Lord God would defend her against all the assaults and temptations of the adversary and keep her perpetually on the true foundation, Jesus Christ. Almighty and everlasting God, since you have revealed your glory to all nations in Jesus Christ and in the word of his truth, keep, we ask you in safety, the works of your mercy, so that your Church, spread throughout all the nations, may be defended against the adversary, and may serve you in true faith and persevere in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. O merciful Father in heaven, because you hold in your hand all the might of man, and because you have ordained for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do well, all the powers that exist in all the nations of the world, we humbly pray you graciously to regard your servants, especially Donald, our President, the Congress of the United States, Timothy, our Governor, and all those who make, administer, and judge our laws, that all who receive the sword as your ministers may bear it according to your word, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray, our Lord God Almighty, that he would deliver the world from all error, take away disease, ward off famine, set free those in bondage, and grant health to the sick and a safe journey to all who travel. Almighty and everlasting God, the consolation of the sorrowful and the strength of the weak, may the prayers of those who in any tribulation or distress cry to you, graciously come before you so that in all their necessities they may rejoice in your manifold help and comfort. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all who are outside the church, that our Lord God would be pleased to deliver them from their error, call them to faith in the true and living God and his only Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and gather them into his family, the church. Almighty and everlasting God, because you seek not the death, the life of all here are prayers for all who have no right knowledge of you free them from their error and for the glory of your name bring them into the fellowship of your holy church through Jesus Christ our lord amen let us pray for peace that we may come to the knowledge of god's holy word and walk before him as is fitting for christians Almighty and everlasting God, King of glory and Lord of heaven and earth, by whose spirit all things are governed, and by whose providence all things are ordered, the God of peace and the author of all concord, grant us, we implore you, your heavenly peace and concord, that we may serve you in true fear, to the praise and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for our enemies that God would remember them in mercy and graciously grant them such things as are both needful for them and profitable for their salvation. O almighty everlasting God, through your only Son, our blessed Lord, you have commanded us to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate us and to pray for those who persecute us. We therefore earnestly implore you that by your gracious visitation, all our enemies may be led to true repentance and may have the same love and be of one accord and one mind and heart with us and with your whole Christian Church, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the fruits of the earth, that God would send down his blessing upon them and graciously dispose our hearts to enjoy them according to his own good will. O Lord, Father Almighty, by your word you created and you continue to bless and uphold all things. We pray you so to reveal to us your word, our Lord Jesus Christ, that through his dwelling in our hearts we may, by your grace, be made ready to receive your blessing on all the fruits of the earth and whatsoever pertains to our bodily need. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Finally, let us pray for all those things for which our Lord would have us ask, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Oh. Thus says the Lord, What have I
1: done to you, O my people? And wherein have I offended you? Answer me, for I have raised up you out of the prison house of sin and death, and you have delivered up your Redeemer to be scourged. For I have redeemed you from the house of bondage, and you have nailed your Savior to the cross. O my people! Holy Lord God, holy and mighty God, holy and most merciful Redeemer, O God eternal, leave us not to bitter death. O Lord, have mercy. given me over and delivered me to those who persecute me for i have fed you with my word and refreshed you with living water and you have given me gall and vinegar to drink o oh, my people holy lord god Holy and mighty God, holy and most merciful Redeemer. God eternal, allow us not to lose hope in the face of death and hell. O Lord, have mercy. What have I done to you, O my people? And wherein have I offended you? Answer me. What more could I have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? my people is this how you thank your god O oh, my people holy lord god holy and mighty god holy and most merciful redeemer god eternal keep us steadfast in the true faith O Lord, have mercy.